How you living? How you feeling? How you doing? We have a juiced up episode today. A little bit later, we're going to dive deep into what it's like to be doing media right now with two media stars, Kay Adams, who I feel like hosts everything, and Andrew Hawkins, who there's not many former players that are going to adapt so well to the media game and not just traditional TV, but creating a lot of content. We're, of course, going to talk to Crack. My big question for him, what was it like in Vegas when the Eagles hit the miracle backdoor cover on Monday night? I need to know. I was sitting there sick for people, happy for people. It's crazy. But, of course, I'm joined first by the man of the legend, David Ingber. How are you? What's up, Lefko? Uh, I remember Kay Adams telling Andrew Hawkins, she said that within five minutes of meeting him, she knew that he was going to be a star in media. And I was wondering if you had the same reaction with another young athlete that you've interviewed over the years. 100%. Um, and I tell it to their face. Like I say it right after we're done. Brandon Marshall was one of those guys where mm. I got done talking to him and I was like, whatever you do, man, just really own this. Um, um mm. Lazard is somebody that intrigues me, but the ones that are like real, like, like Jonathan Abram, I told him, I was like, you're going to be a star by what you do off the field, like the way that you carry. And like, I'm not going to lie. Like I get tagged all the time by Jonathan Abram fan accounts. They're putting together like (laughs) highlight reels. I'm trying to think if there was anyone that really popped. Um, Lazard was the one that, that rung a bell to me when we were at Super Bowl. We were just, we both felt just like super impressed. He was composed. He was, he was smart. He had a lot of stuff to say. He, he was funny. I feel like he was, yeah, he stuck out to me. The, the only difference is there's a difference between being composed, like Joe Burrow was very composed, and having that, that notion in their brain of, I know how to make this more entertaining, or I know yeah. how to keep this going. Like, I know that you've done tons of comedy in your life. People that, that intrinsically understand yes and, they're very, especially athletes. It's so rare. Um, Yeah. When I work with athletes to make a comedy sketch, uh, the one thing you don't want is for them to say, Hey, I got an idea for you. And it's terrible. And then you can't tell them no. What you want is someone like, you know, who was fantastic was Justin Verlander. He showed up, he read the script. He was like, this is hilarious. I get it. I know exactly what you need from me. And then he just delivered another guy like that, that I worked with was John Cena, just impeccable comedic Mm. skill, read the script, knew what he knew, knew what he was there to do and executed perfectly. Wasn't like, Hey, wouldn't it be funny if I blah, 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 you know? I got one. I just did it. I'm going to pit my own content. Uh, underrated. Uh, if you guys haven't seen it, we just had the Allen Robinson one come out where, uh, and I've, I've never felt more guilty making content than that episode with Allen Robinson to give you a look behind the curtain. I am at my house. I am barely wearing basketball shorts and he is out on a hot summer day and we did a stamina drill where he had to catch 10 balls in a minute and then was and we kept making him redo the Odell catch and he was drenched and I I hang up and then went and got myself an espresso but check out the episode it was good but the one guy this season that blew me away was Justin Tucker and I don't think that's a surprise but I, I need people to understand that like I didn't even have visual of him for half the episode when we were shooting. It went out. The camera went out. And he was able to play off of, and there are certain athletes that know what you're doing and make your job easier. He did a read through in our first one and then stopped down and said, hold up, I can do that better. (laughs) <laughs> and then did an internal three, two, one and said, listen here, Adam. And it was like a wrestling promo. And I told him after the show, I was like, 
Kelsey, Travis Kelsey's like that too, where their biggest dilemma, if we're going to get deep into this media talk, since we're going to get into later, they're going to get bored with talking about football. And that's the hardest thing I think for these guys is the tracks that are typically there are the Howie Longs, the Chris Collinsworth, the Phil Sims. Okay, you're going to go into ESPN and then you're going to, or you're going to go to a game. But these guys, Justin Tucker sing an opera. Travis Kelsey has his own clothing line. Like they're so much more interested in things. And you'll hear Hawkins say this later. One of the things he likes about the schedule getting messed up is it's not the same routine every day. Yeah. When you're a football player and your career's over, it's sort of like when you're no longer in college and one of the first thoughts you have is, oh my God, I don't have to take tests anymore. I don't have to write papers anymore. These guys are like, oh, I don't have to live Sunday to Sunday anymore. But when you take in a job in media, you do. So that's my, my only, just to dive deeper into that because I've talked to so many athletes about it. Um, but I also think they're starting to build their own networks. Like it's, we're reaching a very interesting time in media for athletes. Yeah, absolutely. And I totally agreed with Kay Adams' assessment of Andrew Hawkins. He's just phenomenal. He's yeah. funny. He's cool. He's shrewd. He knows everybody in the game, which always helps. He can like talk about personal relationships he has with these guys. Just a fantastic new addition to the media landscape. There's there's a few of those guys out right now. Uh, I know that ESPN on Wednesdays has Ryan Clark and Dominique Foxworth on together. Mm. Those two, I think, are great. Having met Dominique, you realize, oh, you were the head of the NFL Players Association. Like You realize, wow, you're wildly intelligent. And, and sometimes you get blown away and it's not that you have low expectations. You just don't know though. They are both great former players too, that I really would want to spotlight. Did you see Ryan Clark calling out Tony Romo? Mm -mm. Oh yes, 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 yes. <laughs> had this tweet for those who didn't see it basically just being like, so I guess I, as a former DB need to make apologies for every DB that gets burned on the field. Because if you're a former quarterback mm. and you're in media, you have to apologize for everything. Cause the quarterback never made a mistake. It was always the receiver. It was always the coverage. Yeah. It was always the play call. Yeah. It was, I thought that was great. I would actually like to retract one of my statements from earlier this year, where I said that Tony Romo was worth $17 million a year and that he makes the game better. Uh, I don't, I don't want to get too deep into it, but there's a reason I think why two weeks ago, Jim Nance came out and said, I'm underpaid. It's because he's been carrying those broadcasts. It's, it has not been the same Tony Romo. I don't like to break down broadcasters now that I'm like, kind of go, it's like very hypocritical. I wouldn't want it at the same time. I feel like I could handle it, but, um, it's just not the same experience anymore. Like I, I will say this right now, that game on Sunday was very un, like uninteresting to listen to. Now, when you listen to Red Zone, which I know you do, you hear a lot of the broadcasters and some of them, I know McAfee went on a rant on this recently. Some of them are the worst I've ever heard. And I don't know if it's because they were just available because of the situation this year or they were willing to travel and other people weren't willing to travel, but I, I for, especially for the NFL, the NBA has some of the best. I mean, when you're getting into the Kevin Harlan's and the Ian Eagles and the, the play-by-play -play guys are always great. It's the color guys that you're looking more for. But um, I will publicly say, I think that Tony Romo has taken a step back. And I think Jim Nance is actually carrying more of that broadcast. Um, but I don't know. Do you, do you share that at all? Or 
I continue to love Tony Romo, uh, just sort of like unabashedly. I love his enthusiasm. I love how every time there's like a 30-yard pass play, he's acting, he acts like he's never seen a 30-yard pass play. Right. Oh, we got him. Oh, he hits him in stride. Right. I do enjoy that like actual unbridled enthusiasm that he has. Um, and I do love, I love guys like Tony Romo that were fantastic players, but didn't get a ring. And people think like, all right, you peaked, you'll, you'll never get the ring. Mm. And then it's like, he's even better at the next thing that he does. No doubt. And I enjoy when athletes get like a second chance at life and succeed at it. And I, uh, I, I love Tony Robo, but you're right. Jim Nance is one of the, the best media guys ever. It's, it's, it's hard not to carry the broadcast. He's so good at what he does. The, as, a, as a guy that, that does somewhat that, it is so clear that Jim Nance and Mike Tirico have photographic memories Yes. that their ability to recount plays, moments, all of that. And, and, and they're both so damn smooth. Like it really is impressive to watch. And um, I had a talk recently with somebody cause I was like, uh, I was, I am literally reaching out to people to tell me that I suck. The worst part about coming up in the industry is that everyone compliments you and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's sort of like a, a rookie quarterback that the game is starting to slow down now. And now I'd like to learn more of the playbook. And what you begin to realize is those games are very repetitive in terms of the elements that they have. Here's where we're going to do the lineups. Here's where we're going to show the coach. And they've done it so many times that they know when to drop those gems. Because mm -hmm. if you think about it, these guys are sitting down with pieces of paper that are the size of this screen right now. And there's so many notes, but they've done it so many times that they go, and this is the nugget that I drop when we show the secondary. And it's it's just smooth. Like I, I don't even watch games anymore. Sometimes for football, I'm really listening to them and seeing how they deliver. But um, I, I don't want it to come off that I don't like Tony Romo. I've met him in person twice and both times he blew my face off in terms of like how good of a guy he is. I just, this was my big worry. When you're fresh out of the league, you know, all the rosters, you know, all the OCs and DCs, you just played them. You know what they want to do. I'm not seeing as much of the, predicting plays or knowing the schemes. And I would say that Chris Collinsworth is better than Romo in the all shucks. How cool is this category? <laughs> I think Chris Collinsworth is the king of the, I mean, Aaron Donald. I mean, you just don't see this. This is just so <laughs> good. And, and, and that, and then it also made me realize watching Monday night football the other night, damn, I miss Gruden. Like Gruden and Tariko may go down as one of the best of all time. It really oh, might. Sure. Gr Gruden, yeah, I when he went back to coaching, I was like, why, man? You get to work one hour a week or three hours a week. You're, you're fantastic at it. He's going to be you. able to flip back and forth for like the next 30 years. Like <laughs> whenever he gets tired of the Raiders, you don't think that these places are going to drop a blank check. People also need to understand the NFL rights are coming up soon. And part of the reason that these places that the price went up so much in Romo is they're all fighting to get the big names so that they can go to the NFL and go, look, if, if Monday night football would have gotten Romo, it would have been like, look, we deserve better games. So it's all a fight right now for these sure. rights. Um, but and that was a deep media dive. We'll get into more of that later. We get about 10 minutes before cracks about to come on. Uh, so 10 or 25. 25 minutes. Oh, we got time. Uh, we got time, baby. One thing we have been doing is updating the awards rankings. And now that week 12 is finally over after Ravens Steelers. Actually, let's comment on that really quick. What was it like for you watching 3.40 p.m. NFL? 
it felt like I was visiting California. You know, those moments where you're in California visiting family or seeing friends or whatever. And all of a sudden you look at your phone and there's three NBA games yeah. started. You're like, what, what's happening? It's light out. It's 5 p.m. What's going on? Uh, a good friend of mine just moved from New York after 15 years, just moved to LA finally. And he's like, you never get tired of how awesome it is at 10 AM football on Sundays. Yes. Uh, so I did enjoy the 340 game. Um, you know, you're in Slack, you're in, you know, you're in Slack for work and people are giving updates and jokes in real time. And it doesn't feel like you're mm. still working at nine or 10 PM. It was, it was great. I would, I would welcome mid afternoon, Monday night football for the rest of my life. It was crazy to, to see that the Ravens really had a chance. And I think that yesterday, the Steelers sweep the Ravens, but losing Bud Dupree is a huge loss down the stretch just because him and TJ Watt were such a factor late in games. And also, um, it, it, the, the, the success of the Ravens could have had, I mean, the Ravens could have really won that game, which is kind of crazy, but uh, it was super odd. I had a meeting for something else outside of Bleacher Report and like they're trying to talk to me and I can't pay attention. RG3 pulls his hamstring and I'm like yelling in this meeting. I was like, he had a touchdown, but it was, <laughs> it was fun. It was, I enjoyed it. This does actually round me into my favorite bet of the week because we wanted to look at some futures here. Yes. And uh, you know what? Good segue. In, in, in honor of Chris Collinsworth, I'm gonna I'm gonna start the, with a with a Collinsworth segment. I'll tell you, Adam, I got a I got a I got a great bet for you. I need to add the I'll tell you, Adam, to my repertoire. I like that. Oh, right by now. the way, can I can I say one more media thing? Please. I like to listen very closely to when Chris Collinsworth is with Tariko versus Al Michaels. Oh, sure. Just to see if there's any more. Um, allegiance just because i think nbc i we're getting so deep into media but i'm fascinated with this stuff uh it is very much seemingly a jay leno conan o'brien situation where okay. where Tariko's now the been there for a few years and there it's sort of like hey al when's this gonna happen um i had heard rumors that al wants to do a la super bowl it's he's like Mr. LA and that's like what he wants to do. But I'm very fascinated because uh, Chris is in this situation where he's Al's his guy, you know, like that's the Nance to his Romo. But now he's going to be the, the, the longest standing guy with Tariko. The thing though is, is like, they're both so incredible. Like they, they, man, I've never thought about the Mount Rushmore of football play by play guys, but this is interesting. That's a whole. That's a whole off-season episode. Well, You're right. You Why waste it, it off the top? Yeah, of yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. So anyway, back to the bets. I'll tell you, Lefko. I was taking a look at the odds for number one seed in the conference, and they struck me as a little eye-opening, especially in light of the Bud Dupree news that you mentioned. The Steelers at minus two hundred. You can still get the Chiefs at plus money at plus one forty. And Stop. I thought. Over the next five weeks, who do you trust more to take care of business in every game, the Chiefs or the Steelers? If those two numbers were both at plus 100, I would still like the Chiefs. And instead, the Steelers give you minus 200, so major, major favorite odds. And then the Chiefs are giving you plus money to end up with the number one seed. Mm. That one really caught my eye. I was wondering what you thought. Well, I, I think you're absolutely batting in the right direction. Looking at schedule, Steelers go home against Washington. 
Uh, and that is going to be, it looks like a Monday. Oh, that's that Monday five o'clock game. Then it's Sunday night football at Buffalo. Then it's Monday night football at Cincinnati, home against the Colts at the Browns. So that's one, two, three teams that are fighting for the playoffs, including a Browns team there. And then the Kansas City Chiefs, just to give context to what you're saying, uh, they go home against Denver. That should be a win, even though Denver always plays them kind nah. At the Dolphins will be tough. At the Saints, home against the Falcons, home against the Chargers. I think what you said is right, though. Who do you trust more? And they're only one game back. That's the thing. And there's only one bye. And I think that was something that I've been thinking about because I was looking at fantasy and all that. A lot of times when there's two buys, we get a lot of teams resting in weeks 15, 16, and 17. There's one buy. And I think we're going to see absolute battles down the stretch just because it's, it, you get that one. You're the only one with a buy. I think that you're, if you're getting plus money for the Chiefs in anything, how do you not at least think about it? I think that's a great idea. And this is first that, for the regular season. This is the number one seed in the AFC. Yes. Uh, and mm, I, I in general, I, I think there should be a big reward for finishing first in your conference, right? That like the Bucks. What did they get in, in the NBA bubble for finishing first as mm. opposed to second or third? They got, you know, there were no even home games down there. I know that it was the bubble. Yeah, it was yeah. a little different than normal. But there should be some sort of reward for busting your butt and finishing with 62 wins instead of 58. You know, like that, that should mean well, this goes and, to your this goes to your fun commissioner stuff where you yes. want to reward people chasing fun history. For those who don't know, I just text left. Which is all of ideas. you because it's just me and Ingber texting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have, I want to be the commissioner of American sports one day. And my main goal will be to just inject as much cool shit into sports as possible. Um, some of my pillars are that if your team misses the playoffs for three straight years, you have to give a 50% discount on season tickets. That's Love a main that. one. Yeah. Um, I've, I've thought of a bunch of them. I'll, but I'll the start, one we I'll, were referencing, it was if you're going after something really cool, like you're trying to win 73 games in a regular season, you should be rewarded for that to offset you guys being tired for the playoffs. Yes, exactly. It's cool that the Steelers go 16 and 0, but they're only going to go for 16 and 0 if they have to go for 16 and 0 to get the top seed. So I love that they really have to push for this. They can't just uh, sit back on their haunches and still get a, a buy with the number two seed. Okay. All right. So let's get into some of these other uh, wagers and, and odds that you've been looking up season long. So we're talking about Super Bowl, conference, MVP, rookie of the year, all that stuff. Where would you like to start? MVP, just because it's an easy one to wrap up. Mahomes yeah, what is are at the minus 400. Then? Minus 400 at this point. Do you remember what he was a few weeks ago? Yeah, he was at plus like 150. And Shit. before that, a few weeks earlier, he was like plus 350. And at the start of the year, he was It was plus all Russ and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, there was a lot of Russ talk, a lot of Aaron Rodgers. There was some Kyler. He you know, dipped into the conversation, but now with five losses, I don't think he's a possibility. It's really Rodgers at plus 550, Russell Wilson at plus 650. And then Roethlisberger has climbed into the conversation at plus 2,000. We liked him a few weeks ago just because yes. we thought the team had a chance to go undefeated. Turns out we've been correct about that, but yeah. no one is going to match Mahomes. It, it, no was, it, was the, uh, it was the same take that I had in the beginning of the year where I said, I think the Saints are going to be the best <clears> team in the <throat> NFC, and thus there's a chance that Drew Brees gets the award. The Saints are 9-2 or 10-2, whatever they are, but it has not turned into that. And I think uh, a lot of people are not giving Ben as much credit as I thought they were, but I get it because of the defense. So the only one interesting there is Rodgers to me. Um, I, I think that 
that Russ can absolutely make a run for this, mm-hmm. especially because he faces three NFC East teams. In the, he, he literally, he faces the Giants, the Jets, the AOCs, Giants, Jets, Washington, the next three weeks. We talked about now was the time to buy Seattle last week because they played Eagles, Giants, Jets, Washington. That's why I picked up the Seahawks defense. But he could go on such a tear that it gets him back in there. Green Bay, though, is Seattle is eight and three. Green Bay's eight and three. And Green Bay plays Eagles, Lions, Panthers, Titans, Bears. Aaron should tear all of those guys up. I mean, when you drop 41 on the Bears last week, and that's the only tough defense you're facing, right. um, I think he has a chance. But it if you were going to roll the dice on one of them, would you roll the dice on Rodgers or Russell Wilson? I would roll the dice on Rodgers. Definitely Rodgers, because Rodgers still has that, we don't know if we're going to get to vote for him ever again narrative so that if things are a little don't forget don't forget we have the russell wilson's never gotten a single vote in his career crowd which is why he was my preseason pick in the gridiron picks league i thought russell wilson if he plays really well a lot of these people with that stupid narrative that he's due there's no such thing as being due like he's a great quarterback but he wasn't the mvp over anyone in any of these particular years he wasn't over lamar jackson last year he wasn't over mahomes the year before you go through the years he's not the mvp over those guys so i don't know why it's this magical thing that he never received a vote it's a weird statistical oddity but it's not an injustice in the world i just want to say that i'm so happy that we've reached a point where people are not yet overlooking mahomes for this award it is kind of wild that i think this is his fourth season i know he didn't play much in his first season that people are like people are already saying i mean you can give the award to mahomes every year and i'm like he's in his fourth season you guys are talking about him like he's lebron in his 17th (laughs) right right um but i i just you know how I am. Don't overlook greatness just because you want to find the shiny new object. So I'm happy that people are back on the, damn, Mahomes really is the greatest thing I've ever seen. I'm just, I'm happy about that. Yeah. And it is strange, honestly, that LeBron only, quote unquote, only has four MVPs. Like that's weird since he was a top three player for 17 years, I would say. Yeah. It's, it's, it's almost strange that he only had four. But at the same time, I feel like four is about correct. If you look at the body of work where he was, definitely the most valuable player in four of those years. You could argue that maybe he deserved it the the Derek Rose year, but that was a classic shiny new thing. I will say this right now. There is no better YouTube video than a Derek Rose highlight tape. No, there isn't. If I loved slam ball back in the day and he's like watching slam ball with a guy that doesn't need trampolines. It was prime Derek Rose was like Lamar Jackson last year where every single play was like, I've never seen anyone capable of even trying that before. Okay, so that was MVP. Where do you want to go next? I wanted to see if you could name off the top of your head Hmm. the top four candidates for defensive player of the year. Okay. Aaron Donald. He is number two. Um, Miles Garrett. He is number three. TJ Watt. There's the number one. And number four. There's a bit of a drop off in the odds from three to four, I have to say. Hold on one second. Um, He's also got a very talented brother in the league. I, well, I just said TJ. You did. Um, I'm going to say, because uh, then I'm wondering if it's a defensive back. Uh, I'm going to go Minka Fitzpatrick. Joey Bosa. And I want to apologize. 
<laughs> Joey Bosa because what he did, it's pretty crazy to me that two of the most dominant defensive line performances I've seen have been against Buffalo this year, Aaron Donald on Josh Allen and then Joey Bosa on Josh Allen. Yeah. Both of them threw him like a rag doll and Josh Allen's like the biggest guy I've ever seen. It is interesting that they're all defensive guys because I was reading some stats I think you sent about Xavier and Howard for the Monday show. Right. And I and I I don't want to overlook it because Miami's defense week in and week out is giving that team a chance to make the playoffs. And I do think it's very fascinating that your guy, Ryan Fitzpatrick, goes in there and blows out the Jets, and their coach, Brian Flores, keeps coming out and going, well, when two is healthy, he'll play. And I'm going, but Ryan Fitzpatrick can get you to the playoffs this year. You have a chance. Yeah. Um, Joey Bosa, Aaron, Don Aaron Donald is, is in the conversation we were just saying about Mahomes where he can win it every year and you're looking for a reason not to give it to him. But Sunday was a perfect example. Jared Goff turned the ball over like four times. Aaron Donald forced a fumble that led to a touchdown, forced an air. Like Aaron Donald took over that game. Uh, you said it was Aaron Donald. Miles Garrett, I think, loses his stranglehold because he had COVID for two weeks, unfortunately. Yeah, a few games, right. And then who was the other one that, that TJ Watt? So TJ Watt, to me, I bring this up because it's the converse of why I like the Chiefs to go the number one seed. If this defense still can go 14 and 2, 15 and 1, which feels very probable without, you know, some of the, the major mm. uh, Devin Bush and Red Dupree, without those guys. And TJ Watt is seen as the main anchor. He was the one that kept them afloat through all this. Him at plus 200 still seems pretty spicy. Aaron Donald at plus 225, Miles Garrett at plus 400. And then a pretty big drop off, Joey Bosa at plus 1400. Um, a couple of guys that I know you love. I'm just going to name their odds here. Khalil Mack at plus 2,500. Mm. Jalen Ramsey plus 2,500. And then your guy, Xavier mm. Howard at plus 2,500. The, the other thing that I, my advice to people would be this. When you're thinking about these awards, go through and look at who are the quarterbacks that they're facing, the offensive lines they're facing, because that'll lead to more sex. But also, are they playing in primetime games? That is for these awards, it is so much more impactful when you True. do it in prime time. And so for Aaron Donald to play the Cardinals two out of the next five games, both in that four o'clock spot, they play the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle, December 27th. If he's all over Russell Wilson, which we know the Rams have done very well against the Seahawks recently, and he's got a game against the Jets in there, Aaron Donald, I'm just saying you're getting the national exposure. Now, Miles Garrett, I think, is up there because he is one of the all-time leaders in terms of sacks per game. And the only reason I know that is Scott Hansen literally says it every time he gets a sack. <laughs> yep. Like I've listened to so much Scott Hansen recently that I know all of the statistics that he drops every single week. Um, but TJ Watt's the interesting one because I think when you look at Ben Roethlisberger at plus 2,000, it means he's not getting the credit. It means someone else is getting the credit. And, um, but if I was going to bet money, if I'm getting plus money on Mahomes, I take it. If I'm getting plus money on Aaron Donald, I take it. I would go Aaron Donald. Yeah. Aaron Donald. I don't know what the stat is, but the, he messes stuff up on every play stat. <laughs> yes. I don't know what the, what the number is, whether he gets the sack or the knockdown or the pass defense or not, he's just in there making things messy. And I don't know how you quantify that. Yes. I know every coach and GM in the league has some way to quantify that. But I, I would love for a very user-friendly number to show that Aaron Donald just screws with every yeah. play somehow. Well, the other thing too is I think TJ Watt has zero force fumbles. Aaron Donald has four. Now TJ mm -hmm. Watt has more passes defended. But 
it, it, for TJ Watt, when you're looking at these awards, because no one remembers the season, they look at the stats, he needs interceptions to match Aaron Donald's force fumbles in terms of impactful stats. Uh, but yeah, I, Aaron Donald is the most incredible force I've ever seen. So it sounds like a pretty good bet. Um, and then real quick, we got a few minutes before crack arrives. Um, I just wanted to read some NFL championship odds. So this is to win the Super Bowl. Oh, do you want to do the guessing game again? Oh, sure. Yeah. Who do you think the top four? If you can get them in order, I will then make okay. you $5. My God. Okay. The pressure's on. Number one, Kansas City Chiefs. That's correct. That's an obvious one. Okay. Number two, this is the risk. I'm going Pittsburgh. So they are tied at number two. With so New alive. Orleans. With New Orleans. Very nice. And it all um, comes down to number four. Plus okay. 900. Okay, can we do this like it's Who Wants to Be a Millionaire and I'm David Chang and I'm going to call Mina Kimes right now? Um, <laughs> that means it is likely between Seattle or Green Bay. I don't think Tennessee will be that high. I do not think Buffalo will be that high. I am going to go with the Green Bay Packers at number four. Ooh, it was the Seahawks. Damn. When you said you were when you said you were going to call Mina Kimes, I thought you were doing a wink that oh. you knew the answer. Wow. So what's the difference between Seattle and Green Bay? Seahawks are plus 900. Green Bay is at plus 1,000. And then the drop off. Mm. The next team is the Rams at plus 1,600. They have the Rams over Tennessee, Buffalo. Wow. Yeah. They got Tampa oh. Bay over Tennessee and Buffalo over Tennessee as well. I, you know what? I get it. And I, I think um, the thing that excites me about Seattle right now is their defense. Not to pat myself on the back. You're starting to see Carlos Dunlap and Snacks change that defense. And you're starting to see Jamal Adams everywhere because there's big people in front of him. And I also love that Carlos Dunlap is wearing a number in the 40s, which makes him look like the fastest dude ever. Um I, I still, I, I, you know what? I forgot. I said this on a podcast, a different podcast than ours. Now is the time to buy stock in Seattle because people are very down on them. But when you look at their schedule, as I said before, it's three NFC East teams in the Jets. This is when they go from like eight and three to 12 and three. And suddenly we're going, holy crap, these teams might have to go to Seattle for the playoffs. Right. So, um, I think Seattle is a buy low right now. And then the hope is we've all seen this with our teams. Your defense stinks. They get a few big wins under their bat. Then all of a sudden everything gets simplified and they're good. Um, but I am, I am more impressed with Aaron Rodgers than I have been in a very long time. Aaron Rodgers is running an offense right now. And uh, he lost Corey Lindsley in the middle of the game the other day and it, in his center. And it didn't even matter, but the way in which he's executing this Aaron Rodgers, when he is at his peak, there's a reason why for me it's between Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes as the most dominant quarterbacks when they're on fire because it seems effortless. Russell Wilson, there's, there's effort there and it's special. But when Aaron Rodgers is flinging, I was so happy to see our guy, Alan Lazard, out there just crushing the other night. But I, I think that, New Orleans has to get the one seed if they want to make a run to the Super Bowl. They have sure. to. 
Breeze needs the armrest. He needs to be in a dome. And if Green Bay makes everybody come to Lambeau, they have a chance. So uh, I wish I could look at the strength of upcoming games left. But I... Here's uh, the question. Yeah. When Drew Brees comes back, if he looks a little shaky out there, you know, maybe take some big hits and maybe they lose a stupid game or two down the line and they don't get that one seed. Is there going to be a little, hey, we were fine with Taysom Hill buzz? No, because that was so bad on Sunday. Like it that was, was, yeah. But, the, the, you know, the, the, the offense is moving the ball. I'm just saying, like, if, if Drew Brees looks shaky, you know, in comparison to... They, the the Saints have a game on their schedule that will define the chance that they get a bye. At Atlanta, at Philadelphia, could there be weather in Philadelphia? Sure. The Saints have owned the Eagles for the last few years. But in three weeks, week 15, Chiefs at the Saints. Yep. If the Saints lose that game, remember, they lost to Green Bay earlier this year where Aaron Rodgers went to the Superdome and won 37-30. So the Packers have a tiebreaker. If the Packers win out, they kind of control their fate. But – I look at that game, then home against Minnesota. Minnesota went into New Orleans in the playoffs last year. Kirk Cousins got his big playoff win. They're not afraid to do that. And then at the Panthers, which they won 27-24 earlier this year. But the Saints really do, in my mind, need to win out. That's how important home field advantage is for them. And I, I'm I'm intrigued because the the Seahawks I think are five and one at home. The Packers, let's see what they are at home. I have to imagine it's pretty darn special. The Packers at home, they're four and one right now. Um, and then Aaron Rodgers gets to play the Eagles. Like, I'm so done with this team. I'm so done with your team. I can't even think about it. The Eagles is my team now. It's officially yeah. you've just relinquished all. Well, yeah, I mean, my Chiefs are making a serious run right now, and they need my full support. Congratulations. That Chiefs team, they, it was a great pick. It was Who could have seen this coming, that the Chiefs were going to be fantastic this year? I will say, though, I'm not say, obviously the Chiefs were the, the, the obvious team, but when, <laughs> I, when I jumped on them, I felt like it, they weren't that hot. They were hot. They're the Chiefs. They, they, we came into this year. You came into this year like banging the drum for everyone to take the over on their wins. It was like 11 and a half. You're like, oh my God, bang that I, number. I don't remember who I was talking to. Was it crack last week where he said he took the under in the Chiefs season total because the, the, it was like so high or like, and I was like, you're crazy. <laughs> oh, Okay. So Crack's joining us soon. We're going to have Crack, as always, download the Crack Wins app. Uh, the man makes his picks, puts out a lot of, of content. Were there any other awards we have Rookie of the Year before he gets on? Uh, we do. Because um, this one's the- starting to get steamy. So th- what, what I thought was most interesting was that, like, last week we saw Joe Burrow go down. Justin Herbert essentially, like, took the, the award by, by storm. And then I'm looking this week, and a lot of the websites, they've taken the lines down. That it's now it's mm. essentially what they're saying is Justin Herbert has won the award. And there's like, there's no point in making him like a minus 800 favorite. It's interesting. I, I guess he is at the same point. If we're going to make cases for other people, Justin Jefferson continue like. I fucking hate the Eagles, bro. <laughs> they could have had him. I, I went back and looked and I just wanted to make sure that like I was correct. My blow up about not dressed, drafting Justin Jefferson uh, was very well documented and very well shared. 
I went back and looked when the Eagles drafted J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, and I have the clip. I look at Matt and Connor, and I go, here's the problem. I hate this pick. And they go, why? I go, because I don't know who this guy is, and D.K. Metcalf was on the board. And so um, I was right there. I didn't like the drafting of Derek Barnett. I didn't like the drafting of Marcus Smith. I didn't like the drafting of Nelson Aguilar. Um, the Justin Jefferson one though, look, we had Jalen Rager on and I love Jalen Rager and I hope he's successful. And I think that he can be good at the same point. There were plays to be made in that game on Monday night and he did not make them. There are plays that Justin Jefferson has been making where you stick out your arms, you make the catch, you really can be a game breaker. And it's just sad to know that I was right about it. It's just sad because Justin Jefferson should be in the running for rookie of the year. Chase Claypool could be in the running for rookie of the year. Um, I know that I'm missing some other people. James Robinson should be in the running for rookie of the year in Jacksonville, yeah. putting up historic numbers. But we'll bring in Crack, and, and maybe he can chime in to what he thinks about taking it off the board. But I get it. And I'll say this. That question that I asked that I'm going to ask, oh, you know what, actually – Let's go to our conversation now with Andrew Hawkins and Kay Adams, where one of the questions I asked was, would you rather have Justin Herbert or Kyler Murray? One of the questions and more. Here is Kay Adams and Andrew Hawkins. It's deep dive interview time. Tell us something we don't already know, won't you? Who am I joined by right now? Two absolute young guns, two stars, and two bundles of energy that I am so excited to be with. See, they're really good on camera because as they're being introduced, they're doing physical <laughs> motions to fill the gap. It is Andrew Hawkins. It is Kay Adams. Uh, it is two people that you can check out. Uh, we got NFL Next uh, and, and more importantly, an Amazon exclusive coming up the day after Christmas. Arizona, San Francisco, they're going to be there. And uh, Next Wave Digital, Kay Adams, Andrew Hawkins, I'm so happy that you're here, and it's great to talk to you. We love being here. Exactly. Appreciate you having us, bro. Had had you guys worked together before, even in like an interview session before? How long had you guys known each other? What do you think, Hawk? Uh, I think since 20... I want to say 16, mm. 15 maybe? I think was the first time I... I did something with K sixteen, I believe. What did we do? I want to say it was Good Morning Football was the first, like early Good Morning Football days. I remember Hawkins is one of those people. You know, you had you interview on a daily show so many athletes, so many personalities. No Hawkins is one of those where I was like, well, he's going to be sit either sitting at this table or somewhere near it in short order. It was Good Morning Football. You came in studio, which is a while to even think about is, is a real thing that happens uh, in our world. But <laughs> I remember it was that. We saw each other, I think, most recently. I don't think, Hawkins, I have seen you since kickoff Bears-Packers to the 2019 season. I don't think I've seen you. That is, that's factual, which is wild because we see each other so much uh, digitally. Mm -hmm. But yeah, man, the world is the world has been crazy, and I've just been following the footsteps of you two young titans, man. Oh, shut up! Oh, shut up! Uh, the, the, well, I'll say this: just I want to I want to lift back the curtain because usually when I do these interviews for Thursdays, it's more of a deep dive. I don't want to ask you about you know, do you like Kyler Murray? What has it been like for you guys? in a profession where so much of our energy is about bouncing off of other people and feeding off the energy, how has it been for you guys to do a show where it's about that relationship 
and yet there's these cameras in the way. Hawkins, I'll go to you first. Uh, it's, it, it's been a, it's definitely been a, a learning experience. Uh, I do feel like once the pandemic is over and we're able to go back in studio, there's going to be a lot of really, really good media personalities because this is mm. tough, right? To be able to have that chemistry, the timing. I mean, we're across the country. I'm in LA, K's in New York. There's delays, mm. right? Like, and we're really having to, you know, not just give our opinion, but also kind of sometimes fake the energy like yes. to a higher level so that it feels normal or at least close to normal for the, for the viewing audience. So it's definitely been a, a learning experience, and but I, I do think we're all going to be a, a lot better for it. Yeah, yeah Kay, it's, it's exhausting. Like I'm doing right now, I'm interrupting you, which sucks. But Kay, like you're typically going to be home base. You're going to be the one that goes out, comes back, goes out, comes back. And I'm sure you're a lot better at it now, but how excited are you for that delay to be done? Because it's but crippling. Delay is sometimes. my worst part of it. It's, a, it's my biggest enemy of 2020 like i'm not great at technology anyway uh and i'm i'm great at being alone i'm great at being separate i don't need to be around people i'm more of an introvert so i almost have more energy weirdly in this setting that we mm. have uh, whether it's on good morning football or nfl next the delay kills you it stops any any bit of uh you know i like matching wits and i've got these co-hosts andrew hawkins chris long that you know, it's yeah. fireworks and you want it to be that. And that's, it just, it just puts everything to a crazy halt. So I think that uh, we approach our show though, with a lot of gratitude on every given week. We don't know there's a game rescheduled Ravens Cowboys. <sighs> now that's a Tuesday. That's when we shoot. How do we handle that? There's been so much sort of flung our way, but I think that the fact that we do approach it with such just common enthusiasm that even if I haven't seen Hawkins in a while, we know we love the yeah. game. Um, I'm glad that I, I did get to know him a little bit. It'd be a lot harder if we didn't know each other at all going into this season. Um, but yeah, I mean, I cannot wait. I think, I think the, the overwhelming just joy out of all of us when we get to be in a studio together is going to be such a treat, not only for us, but everybody watching on every platform, every media thing that if, if sports fans are in for just a real treat once all this is over. I think you're right. Mm -hmm. I, I remember I came back home because what happens when you're doing, for everyone out there that doesn't understand how broadcasting works, when you're doing a remote broadcast, in your head you're going, okay, the, the, the audience is going to understand these delays. And I remember I did one for TNT and then I came home and I asked my fiance and I was like, how was it? Like I, with everything considered, I thought it was good. And she was like, nah. And then I rewatched it and I was like, oh, this is killing me. Yeah. Like we're missing those, those little touches and those reactions and stuff. The other thing, the thing that I love about the NFL, it's so routine based. Sunday, we do the games. Monday, we react. Tuesday, Wednesday. And this year is all over the place. So Hawkins, again, you first. How has it been dealing with uncertainty almost every week? How have you been handling it? Someone that has a family, because it's going to impact someone with a family more. Yeah, it, there's like there's like two parts to it. Because I think on one end, to Kay's point, like, I do enjoy being home. I'm not going to lie to you right now. I would, maybe I wouldn't have it to where I'm home all the time <laughs> in a perfect world, yeah. you know, but I've been able to do a lot more than I typically would. A, spend a lot of time with family, right? I, you know, I don't do as many shows as Kay, but I do a lot. She yeah. has like 77 shows that she does on a daily sure basis. Um, you know, but for, from, from the NFL perspective, it is kind of nice to like, have some mix up because to your point, it's like the same thing. And then we don't even realize it because we, you know, we cover it so much, but 
every year it's the same ebbs and flows almost Absolutely. of like the season. And, you know, we get hyped up about something that happens or a team or a situation. But if you look back over seasons, you get hyped about that same thing every year. And in this year, it is truly things that we've never seen before. Yeah. Talking about things we never talked about and never even imagined talked about being talked about. So for me, I, to be honest, I kind of enjoy that. I don't know what's going to happen the next week. And even in the, 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 the teams and how they're approaching it and how they're handling COVID and the pandemic, like, you know, I don't want to say the cream is rising to the top, but there's certain people that handle it well and certain people that don't and, and teams that have been able to adjust and people, and this is just different elements, different variables. And it's, I don't know, it's been, it's been kind of cool to watch everybody figure it out. Fans, yeah. media members, players, coaches, you name it. Yeah, like, Kay, I'm sure that you guys had segments that you'd normally do on Tuesdays and Wednesdays that it sucks for the producer because they got to change their rundown all the time. But for you, it's like, ooh, I got breaking news on Good Morning Football. Like, I'm sure that wasn't always the thing. It wasn't always the thing. It's, I mean, we love parody in the NFL. Like, that's why we all were, you know, Hawkins, I want your Browns to make it far and make it interesting. I want the Bills to get in the playoffs and flip tables and knock teams out. It's, you know, it's what we root for uh, as members of the media. Uh, so yeah, I've, I think it's, you have to embrace it. If you don't embrace it, you're going to get left behind. It's that simple. We have seen not even in the sports world, in the media world, who rises to the top, who can handle, you know, I have to get up a whole hour and a half earlier now to get ready for the show going in studio. When I'm at home in front of a zoom cam, I can, you know, get away with sick and smile eyelashes on and pop it on when I want, but now it's three hours under crazy lights. It sounds crazy to be talking about something like glam or makeup, but it matters for television. It doesn't. It's some stuff that you have to juggle and be willing to do and you have to embrace it. And I know I, I sound like a broken record, but it really comes down to just gratitude, gratitude for having a job when we know so many people don't and gratitude yeah. for providing something to a, a, through a device, a phone or whatever into a living room of people who just, who, who want it and love the game as much as you do. If people were going to ask me who would be young faces of NFL media that are going to carry this to the next generation. You two would be at the top of my list. And I, I, I don't say it lightly. And in terms of this, the way the NFL is covered is changing. The way that we're talking about players is changing. I thought about growing up in Philadelphia and watching Donovan McNabb and how my only exposure to people discussing my team was Philly Talk Radio where we're going to bash something and we're going to create narratives. And I really thought that's what half the city felt. And now that there's social media and so many different discussions, we're having much more reasoned discussions. And we're, we're really caring about the players more and we're hearing their perspective. And we get cameras from Chase Claypool. We hear it directly from them. And I still hear these older announcers that are in generations past and they're using the same tired cliches. I'm curious from both of your perspectives, Hawk will go to you first again. How do you think the NFL will be discussed five, 10 years from now? That is a stark difference from how it was discussed five, 10 years ago. Wow. That's a great question, man. That's a great, great question. And a appreciate the compliment. Uh, the feeling is mutual. I, I will say people like Kay Adams, Nate Burleson, um, you know, Pete, Kyle, those guys, like they changed the way people talked about football, to be honest. Right. And you've always had play, uh, people that, you know, 
talked about the game and to your point that you've been critical, you analyzed the game. There's nothing wrong with that. But I think what Good Morning Football showed us, you know, these, not even the show, but the people in front of it, is that when I did the show and every player, came, it felt like a place we could hang. We didn't feel like there was going to be any gotcha moments. And, mm. you know, it kind of showed, it was the first main show for me that showed like, yo, you don't have to be like talking trash about every player. And to your point, people don't think like that. I think right mm. now there are more player first fans in the NFL than there ever has been. So when Odell goes from the Giants to the Browns, there's a lot of fans that go with him. They are now mm. Browns fans. That is how it's going. And I think sports media, and I think when I got into it, um, following that lead, when, when I said, okay, I want to do sports media, I want to talk about football, I wanted to have fun. That was my thing. When I played, I was way too serious. And so my only criteria that if I was going to do it, I was going to have fun. I was going to be silly. I would turn down like really good shows. Right. And uh, people would say, hey, you're stupid. Like, what are you talking about? Like, everybody wants to do this. I, said, I don't want to do it. I don't want to be just former player X on a panel. I want to be Andrew Hawkins. Right. I want to be fun. I want when people see me, they say, oh, this is going to be a fun time. You know, he talks about the game a certain way from a fun perspective. He gives you the uh, he, he's a great analyst, but he gives you like funny stuff, fun stuff. And you'll feel good about it. And that, that was like a sticking point for me. And I think that's how you'll see a lot of the way football and sports are covered going forward. And that's why the Amazon shows are so great. We do stuff on Twitch where, you know, we're. NFL Next Live, you're watching the Thursday Night Football game, and I'm sitting with Kerry Champion, Von Miller, and Chris Long, yeah. and we are just watching a game like we do in the living yeah. room. Yeah. Same with NFL Next. We talk about it. Me, Kay, Chris, we are ourselves. We are fun. And I feel like the viewer and the audience feel like this is a conversation that they want to sit in on. They don't feel like they're being talked to. They feel mm. like they're hanging out with Yeah, them. I think, Adam, mm. there's room for everything, right? There's room for that hard-nosed, hardcore, analytical web. And people are just taking it into their own hands. You look at Baldy, right? Baldy's old school, and he's killing it on Twitter. And he's breaking, down, breaking stuff down with his own iPhone, taping it off a computer screen, and people eat it up and love it. There, I think there's room for everything. What the past five years has showed us is that people can take it into their own hands. People like me, who, in sitting down and discussing launching a show for NFL Network, uh, with a British man who did not know much about American football at all, telling him what I wanted out of a show, what I wanted to do. I wanted to to help drive a show, but also be able to give my opinion when I want and maybe not play the role of a, you know, of, uh, of a generic host. host of what that is. I mean, a little bit less conventional because I want my voice heard. And you have to have people like that believe in you let you do that for the platform platform or you take it into your own hands like chris long has and has a green light podcast where he's talking about swatting flies and life hacks and his family like now you can do it yourself and if it resonates and is successful there's just it's everything's about options and that's on that's honestly mm. why i love amazon nfl next they don't dictate anything adam we sit we talk about the, what, what what four topics are we thinking about today i have never gotten notes about talk about this don't say this let's make it's it is okay i know you're like me that you like, I, I i start hawkins kind of knows where we're going we know the topics but he has no idea that i'm gonna make fun of what he's wearing or whatever it's it, yeah. it's more of honestly adam like how you run your your business well i know that you're like me in terms of you can listen to producers and all that stuff and you'll work with them and there's a lot of respect there but when the red light goes on it's you yeah. And now and now you in your head have your producer brain going, how do I keep this entertaining? And I love what you just said about not telling Hawkins. 
that's something that I learned from Ernie years ago where, where I went there and just kind of shadowed him. And I was like, where's Barkley? Where's Shaq? And they like, oh, we, they don't come to the meetings. We don't tell them anything. Oh, wow. And I, and I think that's, there's, there's something really beautiful about you knowing where it's going and then being along for the ride because people like Hawkins, not to talk about you right in front of you, you're able to think on your feet. He's great. And I, yeah, and I think perfect. that's, that's a, a new wave of media people too, is back in the day, everything was rehearsed and everything was planned. And you talked about Baldy. Look at what Warren Sharp has turned himself <laughs> into in this space. Look how Orlovsky was like yeah. the guy that ran out of the back of the end zone, mm-hmm. made some videos. And now he like Mina Kimes, like we're, we're reaching a point now where to what Hawkins said earlier, the cream does kind of rise to the top. Um, but everyone's different, right? It's not like we're all the same. Totally. You know, like that's, that's what I think is so great about it is I do think that there's room at the table for even the cliched stuff and the, the debate stuff and the really highly critical stuff and the really, you know, like good morning football. Like, like we're, we're the, we're just the home base for everybody, right? Like, come on in. We're never going to put you in a bad spot. There's room for that. And there's room for everything else. It's there's something maybe about the talent, also the hard work. Cause it, you know, it's not, it's not easy, Adam. You know that, you know that we um, see, I used to like low key take a couple extra bags of goldfish from Bleacher Report. So I was like, I don't have to buy a snack later. Like that's, come on, humble me. I saved a lot of money with that snack shelf. So did I. I was like, this is this is fantastic. Sorry, Bleacher Report, send me a bill. Yeah. Um. In in terms of let, let's talk a little bit of football. In terms of the teams that you really have faith in, how many are there? How many are there that you really go? Because I feel like it's the Chiefs. Like, how many of the teams out there can really beat the Chiefs? Hawkins, we'll go with you first. I think I think there's honestly a lot of teams that could beat the Chiefs. If you're okay. asking me who my favorite is, it's the Chiefs because they have the best player in the world, and you know he's the one guy that can only stop himself. I will say that. But beyond that, I. I think there's a lot of good teams. I think there's the Steelers, there's the, there's the Saints, the Packers are, are good. <laughs> I like Seattle, right? I mean, but they're all, there's also another like second tier of teams that I would not be surprised mm. if they got hot, like or they beat some, knocked out some of these teams that we think are the are the powerhouses and like the Titans, the uh, uh, Rams. I like them a lot. I like the Browns for obvious reasons. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of those. Do you teams really have up. faith in the Browns? I do, man. Okay. I mean, anytime you're seeing something that you've never seen before, they are eight and three. That is not normal, right? So I don't think anybody's crazy to say, yo, I, I, I think the Browns could do it. They, we've already seen they're doing things that they've never yeah. done before. It so is the first alone, time that I've seen the Browns winning games they're supposed to win, yeah. and that's that's been the first time in a long time. And they're winning. Exactly. I mean, how do you keep the best player in the world in your in your opinion? Patrick Mahomes, we all probably can agree yeah. on that. You keep him on the bench, right? You run the ball, and they can do that with the way they're built. I don't trust them, yep. though. There's no way. It's the Neither same for I. me. AFC, I mean, Steelers can do it. Steelers look great. Uh, Talman's probably coach of the year. They can run, too, and they can figure it out. They're so super well-balanced. I love balanced teams. Uh, the Chiefs are weird, Lefko, because they're letting teams hang around. Like, yeah. wh- why did you let the Bucks come back? You squeaked by the Raiders. You squeaked by the, the, the Panthers. Like, are you bored? That's not good. I, just, I don't think the AFC is a cakewalk. 
they're not going to win four straight games with the two right. seed, like playing the way, letting teams hang around the way that they are. The Saints, to me, winning eight straight. I'm not worried about the quarterback situation. I think Drew comes back. I think Sean should be considered a coach, one of the coach of the year candidates as well. I think this is their year. I think, you know, who knows how long they have Drew. You know how I support them. The number one defense in the league right now. Let's not sleep on them either. They were, it, my prediction before the year was Saints Chiefs. In the beginning, I was like, what the hell is going on with the Saints right now? Oh, nice. Great minds think alike. Kay had it too. Um, it Hawkins, if you were to play with Mahomes, uh-huh. like when you just, when you start like imagining it, what would that have, how different is your career if you had Mahomes the entire time? Like, do you think wide receivers are right now oh. just being like, man, if I could play with that guy? Absolutely, man. Are you serious? Like, I mean, it's there's there's when you, when you knew when you play receiver in the NFL, so much of your success is predicated on how good the quarterback is, mm. right? And if you if you are above average, you can make up that you know loss of whatever you know they might be lacking in whatever department. And we all have deficiencies, um, except for Patrick Mahomes, who has no deficiencies, and that is it, right? There's never yeah. a play. So I would go into plays, and I I know, okay, I'm gonna I I could get the ball here. So when I'm coming out of my break, I'm like, I know he's going to come to either me or this guy, mm. right? Not only because of the play of how it's designed, but I just know like there's certain throws Josh McCown is not going to make. He's not going to yeah. try to hit me on the back post, the backside post to a, to a bootleg to the left. He's not going to do it. I know him. I know, you know, he, he's not going to put the team in that situation. So literally as you're that. getting to the line of scrimmage, you're like, this ain't for me. No, you know, I'm, I'm going to fake it. But I know I'm not getting the ball, so I'm going to save the anxiety in my head of making making this play. With Mahomes, the reason why you get excited because every single play is live. There is no pass yeah. that he won't make. Any of the runoff plays, which every single pass play has decoys. Every pass play has people who set the, the pace of the defense, whether that's runoffs, deep posts, that you know you're not getting the ball. There's a 0.000 chance that you get in the rock. With Mahomes... You are live, everybody. And what that does is, again, it creates more opportunities because he's always going to get the ball out. And more times than not, he's going to find the open guy. So even if you're the decoy and they say, oh, they're not throwing to that guy, that's not real. If he leaves you open, he's hitting you. And that is going to rise everybody's numbers. And, Mm. yeah, man, I mean, everybody would be a better receiver or tight end if you played with Patrick Mahomes. Okay, I'm going to give you three options. You get one for the rest of their career to be K's guy. Okay. A.J. Brown. Love him. Chase Claypool. D.K. Metcalf. Love. Uh, A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf, that's like the same. They're like the same. I love them. They're best friends. But you get one. Uh, I'm going to go D.K. Metcalf. I got to. And I'm not just talking about on the field. I'm talking about you're like their manager. So we're talking like media opportunities and like all that stuff. So I have never met AJ Brown. I've had the opportunity to talk to and meet in person and DK. And we did a great couple Instagram lives together, I think for NFL over when quarantine started. And I would say him because he is fascinating. He champions women. Uh, in this sport that is so, sort of mm. hard. I know that on several different levels, not just with me. I've heard women talk about that. 
um, with him. And you don't hear that very often, even though I'm not saying it's not prevalent in the NFL, but he particularly is like that, which I appreciate. He, I think is very marketable. He, uh, I mean, he's a brilliant player. I think he's like, you know, compared to Megatron Hawkins, you made this point mm. to me this week. He's like hand in hand with him as far as what his uh, career started like. Um, so I'm going to go DK Metcalf. I think he's got a bright future even after Russell Wilson um, made a huge leap and super marketable. Yeah. Super sweet. Like gentle giant. I love that. It's Heath Hawkins, Barnett. you made a face. Is is DK the easy answer? Yeah. Yes. DK is wow. Yeah. Because there are moments where I see AJ Brown oh. or I see T.O. And, um, and I go, yeah. if he was in an offense that threw the ball more, who the hell knows? No, absolutely. He he's the same. I mean, it's it kind of ties back to the other conversation, right? I mean, if if you know, no disrespect to Tannehill, but if he had Russell Wilson, you know, AJ Brown would probably be putting up you know similar numbers to DK. We talked about that same way. So yeah, you can you can kind of you know pick your poison with that one. But I like DK just because you know I was one of those guys that was like, yeah, I don't know the. Mm. Three cone is, is slower than Tom Brady's. Oh, huh. yeah. I don't know. He wasn't even the leading receiver on his college team. You know, mm. I was one of those guys, and I just appreciate people who can take that, mix it up in a pot, and then throw it back in everybody's face. And DK, that story to me is amazing. I the fact that that Ole Miss team did nothing with those two guys <laughs> is. It, I say this all the time. It is malpractice. They should lose their job, just like the coaches at LSU when they had Odell and Jarvis. Like you didn't. Like how did you not win with that? What are you doing? Um, another guy that got disrespected in the draft process that has proved a lot of people wrong is Justin Herbert. So I'll ask another one: Would you rather have Justin Herbert or Kyler Murray? You go. Hawk. You go. Ooh, that's that's hard. Yeah. Go ahead, Kay. I'll let you take it. Oh my gosh, or Kyler Murray. I mean, right now, for the rest of, for the next, how long? Forever? You get one. Like, as my uh, guy? As your guy. I, I think I'd go Kyler Murray, although I, I think mm. since he got hit, you know, that shoulder situation, he's not been running as much. He's got no rushing. And the, and the Belichick blueprint of dropping pass rushers yeah. and jumping. And I'm asking you guys also because I'm, um, vertically challenged people and i felt like you would stand for kyler i didn't mean to come at you like that you but i have but, a soft spot in my heart for the chargers and and herbert's mm. arm and i like introverts and he's one and he's become a leader on that team as an introvert so i sort of stand that whole thing too uh and i'd like them to start winning games but i think yeah i'll go herbert then fine i'm gonna go herbert i'm gonna go anti she's flipping i'm flipping i'm gonna flipping. go bolt gang what do you got not me i'm going kyler mm. i'm going kyler he has just like a. I don't give a damn attitude. Like you can't, I don't care. I'm going to beat you. And if you beat me once, you ain't going to beat me again. We, he's the kind of person that I don't know if you, if you, if you've ever fought before Adam. Uh, but I, I used to, I used to partake in the fisticuffs quite a bit, as you would imagine. Um, and I was the kind of person that if we fought and you beat me, it wasn't the end of it. Well, if I seen you the next day, we're going to fight again. Mm. And we're going to keep fighting until you either say, let's stop fighting or I win. So that's, that's what it is. That's what Kyler reminds me of. I like that. Mm. He feels like he can win every game. And if you do best him, I know it pees him off. And the next time he's like, all right, I, I got something for you the next time. We play. I, I appreciate that about him. Have I ever been in a fight? Yes. Uh-huh. The way that I talk? Yes. I have been in a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I also like was so douchey back in college. Like I'm pretty douchey <laughs> now, but back then I just, yeah, I, I put my neck where I shouldn't. 
<laughs> but thanks for calling me out, Kay. I really I just, appreciate I was just, it. <laughs> that could have gone either way. I feel like you could talk your way out of fights. Yeah. No, I didn't learn that trait until I became a real adult and realized like <laughs> the stories aren't worth it. Like at the time you're like, this will be worth it. Like, and you, you have this imaginary record in your head that isn't real. Yeah, it's <laughs> nonsense. You've become such an, you've like killed everyone in adulting the past two or three years. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it's all a sham. This is all you just been from like, I'm absolutely not an adult to like, I'm now like, fully a grown-up. I think I had, I think I had, um, a realization where I was like, I keep talking about all these things that I'm going to do and it's time to fucking do it. And it was the realization of when you're at a place like Bleacher Report where everybody's younger than you and you're eating Twizzlers and you're eating that and you're like, this ain't, I can't do this all the fucking time. And so I appreciate <laughs> you saying that, but it's, uh, I've always wanted to be old if that makes any sense. No, it doesn't, but okay. Yeah. I just, because all the people that I respect are really old and they've done shit. And, um, the, cause you know me, Kay, like I, I would love to go out on Thursday night and play beer pong and watch football. And that's really all I cared about. And then you one when it switches in your head where I'd rather be up early than be up late. I feel like that's when life comes into, into focus a little bit, but I'm ready to be yeah, a dad, so I'm gonna have to ask oh Hawkins God, for some dad advice. Oh, it's uh, not yeah. happening. No, but I yeah. did it well, and I'm so excited for you. Man, yeah, man, it's awesome. I I fake it. I, I wear Letterman jackets that K makes fun of. I wear jean jackets and backwards hats, but I'm up every day at 5:45. Yeah, uh, going through my emails with my coffee, <laughs> doing the dad life, and then on camera I act like I'm the cool, young, funny right. guy, and then I go put a, a snuggie on to do my rest of my work when I, I get off. Hawkins, what's the last movie you cried watching? Last movie I cried watching. And the reason I, I asked this is because I was with Kay one time when I cried in a movie. <laughs> really? I need to yeah. hear this story. Let me hear this story while I think about it. We, we saw, uh, what was it? Uh, uh, Logan. Logan. Logan! Yeah, <laughs> me and like Kay went and saw- of the day. This is what I'm talking about. Adam used to be reckless. Like Adam would be like, let's get some beers. Like it's like 11 AM, like early bird, like, like what? okay, great. And then all of a sudden it was like, I'm engaged. Like my life is done. I'm like, what just happened? Yeah. We were but we went and saw Logan and it's like the death of Wolverine. I was and it's like one 30 in the afternoon and my fingers are covered in popcorn butter and I'm crying and I, and I'm like trying to hide it from Kay, but I was like, no, this is yeah. So what's the last movie you've cried in? Jeez, man, I don't even think I can remember. Um, oh, I cry in a lot of movies. I'm not a movie crier. I didn't cry no. Logan. I, nothing even comes to mind. How about you, Kay? I'm a big crier. I, I didn't cry during, during Logan. I'm sure you did, too. I'm, I think I heard sniffles. I think I was. I, I <laughs> Probably that movie. I don't go to the movies very much. I just, yeah, I was a big fan. Of okay. I say this all the time. I cried twice during the Steven Spielberg movie war horse. And like, it's not that I just, there's something about like animals in trouble that really sparks a tear. I don't know what it is. They really <laughs> uh, again, if you want to check these guys out as you should, they're doing great stuff with Amazon. The thing they're most excited about the day after Christmas, which is another advantage to this, is you don't have to leave your family right after Christmas, but it's going to be Kyler Murray 
and the rejuvenated San Francisco 49ers that just took down Hawks Rams. I think that's going to be an awesome game. And of course, it's it's you two and Chris Long, who's another up and coming guy. Um, in the end, I, I would just like to add, what do you think you guys have learned through all of this season? Have you taken any lessons from uh, is it is it not taking it for granted? Is it being grateful? What would you say is something that you've taken through this process of being people that still have an every week job in media as a lot of people don't? What what have you guys taken from it the most? I, I think for, for me, it is just gratitude, number one. Um, and then just be the resilience of just people in sports and just to be able to figure it out. I feel like we've all figured it out. We watch, you know, from fans to being like, oh, it's cool. It's okay to watch a game with no fans in the audience. Mm -hmm. so like, it's not ideal, but it's it's great that we have it. Teams figuring it out and like no practices all week and then playing games. You see yeah. Raheem Mostert crying, like being away from his family, the sacrifices that are being made for entertainment and the sport that we love, man. It's just, I'm, I'm, I have a, a ton of gratitude for it, and I'm also encouraged, again, by everybody's ability just to figure it out. Mm. I agree. I, I, I talked about gratitude already a little earlier. I will say I, I, during quarantine, drove to Chicago, rented an apartment a mile away from my family, have not spent – I mean, I'm like dip in Chicago. I never stay longer than 45 minutes like, or 45, 48 hours. I'll get itchy and be like, I got to get back to New York. And I took this sort of leap to be like, I'm going to go spend time with my family. And it's, and this all like level set me. It really shook, you know, I'm very, Adam, you know me. I'm like, there's a job, I'll do it. What is it? No doubt. Let's go like career driven, not even with something in mind for what I, I'm not like, oh, I mean, Tariko, I want that job or I want that seat or what I, I just, I like to work. It energizes me and sort of fills my cup. And then I realized being home that I really don't like it. it I was never going to stop myself, Adam, and say, you mm. really consider like what your life, what, like, what, what, what do you want your life to be? I would never have stopped if it wasn't for what happened this past year. And so I'm, my gratitude comes from, and so many people were dealt terrible hands. I, I, I was lucky enough to be, to leave it with something so positive that I, I've established more of what I want. I'm more focused on having a better life balance with, um, with my work and not making it, you know, even though sacrifices are great and everyone's figuring it out, like I have, you know, it, it put me in a different mental space that I never would have gotten myself to. Being on camera is addicting. Like there, there's something that's, and there's some, there's something about knowing like right now, this is all you have to worry about. And all that shit that you got in your life, that'll happen when we get done recording. Yeah. And so I, I, I've always wondered why is it that I like working so much? And it's not seeing myself on camera because I often don't rewatch the shit that I do. And it's definitely not like having people come up to me on the street because I'm the number one fan of masks right now because I'm just, you don't worry about me, head down. Don't. And I, I do wonder why is it that I love it so much? And I think it's where I feel the most safe and I feel the most comfortable. It's and comfort. that's really cool that you had that breakthrough because it's, it's, it's comfort it, and it's not, it's, it's, you can control it, right? Like when you, the lights on, like you were saying, the red light goes on, like I got this. It's Kay's it's, world. And it's, it's, it's my world. I'm, I'm in, you know, I'm in the driver's seat. What comes out of my mouth is my, it's just, it's, it's comfortable and it's easier when you're here to not 
deal with all the other things that are going on here. And then everything sort of passes you by as you, you know, drudge forward. Uh, and this just put a stop to all of that for, for a, a, a long enough time that I, that I really gained some meaningful perspective out of it. I think the one thing I just realized, and I kind of want to end on this discussion is, um, the thing that I loved about the NBA bubble was that we really got to see the personalities come together and we really got to see the players come together. And mm -hmm. it felt like, you know what? They're in it as a team. The NFL, what's been hard for me is to hear the stories of guys like Matt Stafford, who had to be away from his family and the team. And he talks about isolation. And we hear this with a lot of NFL players where like, not only are we not seeing them in person, they're on a Zoom call. I feel like we're not getting to hear from everybody all the time. And I feel like the theme of the NFL handling COVID has been isolation. And it's it's the one thing I... I did this in the off season. How do we make the NFL coverage more like the NBA where it's so much about their personalities off the field? And it's not just because there's less players. And so I'll, I'll turn this to you guys to just kind of end it here. Hawkins, like how do we, how do we get to a point where it feels more together in the NFL and less competition and isolation? That's a good, that's a, that's a good question. Um, I think it'll be a gradual process. I don't know if there's an answer to it, to be honest, just because the sports are fundamentally that way, right? Mm -hmm. Like basketball is a player personality driven sports. We know what these guys look like. We can pick the, that's the guy when you see him outside of his uniform, you know exactly who he is. Mm -hmm. If, you know, Kawhi isn't playing for the Clippers and I bought tickets, I'm pissed off that he's not playing. What do you mean Steph Curry's not playing yeah. tonight? I, I brought my son here. And but football, if DeForest Buckner doesn't play for the Colts, most people don't even realize it. Who cares? I don't care. You could be as big as Peyton Manning. I'm a Broncos fan. The Saints. We love Drew Brees. Whether Taysom Hill's playing or Kendall Hinton is playing for the Broncos, I'm still showing up because it's my team. I want the mm. Broncos. So I think just fundamentally as a sport, um, the fact that they're kind of faceless and, you know, it's the helmet, it's the shield, it's the logo, the names are on the back, not the front. I think it, it's just a it's, a it's a different sport to be, you know, as cohesive and intertwined mm. with the players like basketball is. Mm. Um, but like I said, I think that's changing because of guys like Odell Beckham, because of, you know, DK Metcalf, because of Alvin Kamara. These are big personality guys that now you're like, it's like music, right? You pick the people you like in music, not just because they have made great music, but it's like, yo, I like that dude or mm. I like her. She's, mm. yo, she's awesome. I, wanna, I want her to succeed. I want to watch her progress. We're getting that a lot in football. And I think as that continues to change, you will see, you know, a lot more coverage of that because people are going to want to make that determination. Like, hey, he's a good player, but do I like him? There's a mm. lot of great players that I can't stand, to be honest. Like, I I couldn't – I can't stand. They're incredible football players, right? Go on. Oh, I want to play the – yeah, I want to play I'm the guest. I'm a fan like everyone else. Like, ah, oh, that guy irks me. You know, like, whatever. And people are like that with me. Like, yeah, Hawk might be cool, but he gets on my nerves. Like, he's not mm. funny. He's always – that's fine. I, I like I like people making the decision to be on one side or the other. So I, I think we need. Yeah, the to worst thing is neutral. More side of that. I think mm -hmm. it's hard too because I, you know, it's you can't compare it to the NBA for all the reasons Hawkins said and the fact that it's it's sixteen weeks. It's not even sixteen weeks. It's sixteen games. The season is so short that yeah. that adds to it as well. As far as like cohesiveness, like. I look at Good Morning Football versus NFL Next. Like we're together all, you know, me and those guys are together all day. So even with even with adversity, even with delay, it sort of runs itself like a well-oiled machine. I think that probably makes things just in general harder for the NFL. But I think we should embrace it as a challenge. I think it's up to, you know, these 
faces of the NFL that you're saying, whether it's Hawkins, whether it's you, Lepko, whether it's me, to encourage these players to keep that individuality, keep those big personalities and give them platforms where they feel safe and, and you know, wanted to, to, to be part of our show. Like people knew that Defoe was out because I talked about how important that was with Derrick Henry running wild the other mm. week. You know, you want to give that perspective. And I think that we, we can, honestly, it's up to us to, to, to help that happen, have to help that conversation grow. I get excited when I see guys like Rodrigo Blankenship okay. launching his own merchandise uh, line. I, I love I love when Austin Eckler goes on his Twitch and announces that he's going to play that week. It's there's an ownership of the players for their own brands that I feel like the young guys are yeah. doing right now that the older guys were I'm going to listen to my coach. I'm not going to be a distraction. I'm going to keep my head down. And you can do both. And I think the NBA realized that maybe a decade before the NFL, um, but I'm, I'm hoping it comes. And, and you guys are two personalities that give a platform to the players to speak their own mind. I appreciate you for that. I appreciate you guys for coming on and you can check them out on Amazon NFL next. It's good shit. Smoke it. <laughs> I don't know you. why I said that at the end, but it was good <laughs> to see you guys. Likewise. Let's go. Oh, Hear ye, hear ye. These are the three Crack Commandments. With Bill Krakenberger. That was Kay Adams and Andrew Hawkins. And now it is time for Crack. Daddy, he's the Crack. Dad. Oh, your snap is like gentle and kind. I like it. <laughs> I used to always see like Sinatra doing that real cool thing in the background. You know what I mean? <laughs> what, what, what is your favorite Frank Sinatra song? Oh, definitely the summer winds. I mean, I, I grew up with that. I you know, the summer oh, winds. Yeah. we thought we were tough guys back then, you know, uh, going down to Atlantic city, driving down from New York, you know, uh, on the weekends or whatever. And, you know, I, basically from when I was 18, yes, underage, you know, we, mm. we thought we were cool, man. Sinatra in the background. On the way home, though, most of the times there was no Sinatra playing. It was no radio at all. Just the thought process on that two-hour ride of how do we what the hell do we do this again? You know, mine is uh, "Fly Me to the Moon." Love that, and that is that was my karaoke song for many years. Mainly because uh, it's kind of like when you have a shirt and a woman says, "Oh, I like that shirt," and then you put that shirt into your good shirt. Uh, drawer. Um, I sang it one time and the guy came on and he goes, all right, he looks like Dean Martin, but he sounds like Frank. And I was like, oh, I'm doing that song forever. Fly me to the moon. Yeah, it was great. And as we get older, Uh, I'll get into songs like the slower songs, like send in the clowns and they have more meaning mm. to them. I really enjoy uh, listening to one. That's my escape in life, by the way. People don't know that. I am a music guy, and I listen to all mm. kinds of music. But the Sinatra stuff, I have the Sinatra Sirius Station set in my car, but I also yeah. have the Elvis Sirius Station, and I have classic wow. rock and everything else. So it's, uh, it's very interesting. It's my escape. It's my getaway. My escape is Muddy Waters. Oh, That's wow. my escape. You're really going deep. Muddy Waters and the blues yeah. and stuff. Well, when I read that the Rolling Stones pretty much heard Muddy Waters and said, we're going to do that, I was like, well, then if I like the Rolling Stones, I need to like Muddy and Waters. And I love the Stones, and you're spot on. Keith Richards loves that kind of stuff. Absolutely. You want to know another guy that I love? That? Robert Johnson. Who's that? I heard the name, but who is it? 
Okay. We're getting into this. I love this. Robert Johnson. There's actually a documentary on Netflix that I saw after the fact. Robert Johnson was this uh, black guy somewhere in the South. And he went off to learn how to play guitar. And folklore is that he's the one that made the deal with the devil. And he came back and people were hearing noises from his guitar that they had never heard before to the point where the reason he died was his music would cause the women in the bars to lose their mind. And one of the bartender's girlfriends practically was like, oh my God. And he poisoned Robert Johnson. Oh my and that's how he died. This is, I got to see this. Yeah. This is on Netflix. There, there, there is a documentary oh, on Netflix where it, it kind of tells it, but I, I read the book about it. Wow. But uh, when you hear that story, it's, it's hard with music to take yourself back to that era and know what else was coming out at that time. Like, like the Rolling Stones sounds cool, but you really need to know what else was happening in England at that time to understand why it was blowing people's faces. It's, it's sort of like, you know, um, to bring it back to football, we see Patrick Mahomes and like in 10, 20 years, there might be six Patrick Mahomeses, but we've never seen it. You know what I mean? Or like Mike Vick, like how crazy Mike Vick was. But Robert Johnson is one of my favorites because it it takes me to that. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Let's go to something else that I, I love. If you either loved or hated, I need to know Monday night football this week. What was this like in Vegas? The Eagles are down 14. They are six and a half point dogs. They get a hail Mary to Richard Rogers and then go for two and get it. I saw the reactions on Instagram. People are either freaking out in happiness or freaking out in sadness. What was it like in the hub? Most of us, uh, you know, most of us, uh, I say us, it wasn't me. I didn't bet the game. But most people were freaking out in sadness because they love betting the favorites. And uh, This game opened up at five. You understand? This game opened at five. It stayed at five for six days, five, five days. Went to five and a half and six. Even on game time Monday, you know, I have access to a lot of different lines. I seen sixes, and guess what? There was a couple sevens here in Vegas. So this game. And I think it was like 90% game. of people were betting on the Seahawks or something like that. Yes, yes, yes. And the ones that uh, may have uh, teased it down or bet money line, of course, they, they got the money. Uh, but And that was pretty, pretty sure to get the money. But the ones that laid the points, I can guarantee there's a lot of people that laid six and a half. Because 95% of the sports books had six and a half on this game uh, by the time. It, it, it so was, what was the buzz? What were people saying after that happened? Well, you know, even me, I was actually, I actually watched this game with a couple guys and, and uh, I don't want to call. Them. I feel like you're watching more football than you ever have. Oh yeah, I absolutely do. Uh, I'm watching more football. I'm staying inside more. I'm watching more football. Yeah. Um, but I was actually with some people during this game, and just to show you the uh, the reaction from someone that I w- that I was with, that's around Bill Krakenberger. He said to me, "This is why you can't bet football. This is fixed. This is a fix." And of course, I'm trying to explain him. It's not a fix. It's it's actually analytics. And they were like, what What do you mean analytics? Well, uh, Peterson has been known to go for two. And let me tell you something. He's not the only coach. The thought process is there is uh, you go for the two points because you're an underdog. And, hey, if you get another touchdown, you, you're going to cover the game with the extra point. Or if you miss the two-point conversion, 
uh, there, you're still going to have a chance if you get a touchdown to complete another two-point conversion and go to overtime. Yes. And one out of the two you, you, you should make. So – I understand it, but of course, the average Joe doesn't understand it. And someone like my my buddy, you saw you saw that somebody wrote a letter to Roger Goodell saying that it was clearly fixed. Oh no! Yeah. Oh God! Wow, that's but it's 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 2020. Every single NFL team has an analytics department or analytics analytics guy, and there is some strategy behind. And by the way. Some of the owners are much more pro-analytics than others. So the owners will request that if we have a situation, you have to listen to the analytics guy. You know, so it's interesting. Um, the other one that I wanted to ask you about was Kansas City is up 24 to 7, uh, clearly covering the three and a half. Uh, and here come the Bucks. They come back. They score with like four minutes to go. And now the Bucks cover after being down by double digits for the entire game. I tweeted out yet another reason to always buy the hook. If you're favored by three and a half, buy the hook down to three. DraftKings Sportsbook replies to me and says, smart man. I get a tweet a second later from someone that goes, this is dumb. You're just wasting money over the length of time by buying the hook. When you have a team that you like, my question to you to be the arbiter in this does it always make sense to buy the hook? Uh, on the three and the seven even in the NFL? Now, it's not worth what it was once before when they moved the, the extra point 10 yards, but it's still a very valuable thing if you could shop for the three and a half. That's the number one number in the NFL is the three. Of course you should buy it. Whoever said that to you, I mean, uh, obviously he doesn't bet sports for a living or uh, doesn't even bet I sports. I think he does. I'm not going to say his name, really? but I'm going to send this clip uh, because I just, he was saying that over the length of time, you're wasting money. It's not going to hit a lot, but you know, I feel like buying that hook on Sunday down to three and pushing to me, that's like worth all the times where it's not a fact. Well, you know, it, it, depending also on the total. Now, he might be right. This is a high total. I think it was like 50-some. So it, depending on the total, the, the lower the total, the more valuable that half a point buying is also. Mm. It should play closer to the number. But I think that if you have enough places to bet and you have a good enough sports book that doesn't really charge you a ton of juice on the three, the three and a half is definitely. Uh, and by the way, conversely, if you're betting the fifth – Buy it down to the three, so at least you get the push. So it's both ways. And, um, you know, I'll tell you, I have a screen that shows me access to every sports book in the world. I have access to a lot of these sports books. There was minus three, minus 20 on that game, and there was plus three and a half on it. So uh, really, if you have, if you're a little bit of a sharp guy or have a couple places to bet, you really shouldn't have lost that game. At worst, you should have pushed that game. So you're, you're actually talking, though, Adam, about the two games that – I actually lost quarterback proposition bets. I bet under touchdown passes by Wentz under one and a half, and I bet under by Mahomes two and a half. Uh, the, the the Wentz one. Well, you lost that one in like the that's first what I quarter. To say, how about that one? I lose. You know, here I am thinking because the public pushes that up so high, it makes it juicy for someone like me to come in on the under. I lost in the first ten minutes. Uh, I think he only had one more. I think he had four uh, for the whole game, but. Um, 
not that only, that's an unbelievable game, but I lost in the first yeah. like quarter. But going back to the Wentz one, this is the second week in a row that I have lost Wentz under one and a half touchdown passes. And both games I lost in the last minute, this one in the last, you know, minute again, both times with, with, with these kind of Hail Mary throws. So oh, you lost on that, like that late touchdown of the Browns that didn't even mean anything. Fourth and 15 at the 17 yard line. That's the one. I lost on wow. that also is his second touchdown this week also is second touchdown. So I may have to pull the reins back on, uh, on that. Particular. It is crazy. The Eagles have, are the, I think the only team in the NFL that hasn't scored at least 30 points in a game this season. It's they are, they are miserable to watch. They are miserable to bet on or against. Um, have, do you have any teams this year right now that you're trying to bet on every week? Cause you think you get them. And there, are there any teams that you're avoiding because you just can't, haven't figured it out yet? You know, I, I, we, we do things, me and my team from a mathematical model and perspective, but I'm still, gotcha. I'm still held on though. Cause you're going to laugh. I'm still that East Coast guy. I still have my nemesis guys. I still have like the chargers. I cannot pick either way it seems like we whatever we do in the chargers game uh or, or so i know you guys i know you guys like the over in that game i took the over in that game too yep. and the reason it's so frustrating is here you have a guy like herbert and yet they're like let's check it down to austin eckler the entire time i think the other thing i realized in that game because i was trying to figure out how did this not hit the over the buffalo bills when they don't have john brown it is a huge drop-off in points per game, and I don't think they're going to have him for the next few weeks. He is the guy that stretches the defense, and so I thought – I didn't I didn't factor that in like I should have, but that. But the Chargers, I agree with you. It's like they could be a 40-point-a-game team, but Anthony Lynn makes them like a 21-point-a-game team. It's frustrating. I thought it was just Rivers because I always just – I'm sorry. I naturally just hated him. He never get the, did the right thing for me. So I thought it was just him. It's not. It's the Chargers. By the way, Rivers also. I can't do nothing with, with them either, uh, the, the, the Colts. So, with the Colts. Yeah, I can't do nothing with them either, it seems like. But the Chargers, though, and you listen, you, you probably watched the game. I didn't watch it, but I seen a score. We were a favorite in the, for after the end of the first quarter. There, I mean, we're oh my gosh! Yeah. And, and even at the 14, end, 13, you know, no, I'll, seven six from uh, yeah, seven six. But um, I'll tell you something else. I actually rebet that game on Sunday at fifty one because I seen fifty ones out there, so I bet it again. I lost a, a lot of money, wow. five almost five, like eight eight or nine grand. I lost on that game, and um, wow. just I bet over fifty one. I didn't watch the end of the game, but I'm told that there was. Uh, two penalties called like it should have went to 51 mayor it should have no what would that be that would that maybe i would have had to go to overtime and get a little lucky it there. was 27 17 that was it so 44 right. and it would have hit it would have hit 51 you oh, would at least push yeah, at least push so yeah they had the ball in the one yard line and they ran a qb sneak and the offensive line didn't even block and the time ran out that that was the and play? the time ran out that was the play that was the play no timeouts to run oh okay yeah yeah wow jesus unbelievable uh, let's talk this week again. Check out the Crack Wins app. Content picks, my man Crack. He this, he lives this. Okay, you you guys play in the sandbox. He lives here. Uh, are there any games that you've already circled or really intrigue you uh, going in with a betting? Mindset? Doing a lot of uh, now. Now NBA season comes over. I, I'm sorry, NBA. NBA will start soon. College basketball season. 
overlaps. Oh, I know you love college basketball. It, it, it really is. It's, a, it's something I probably shouldn't even talk about, but it's kind of common sense. No, I know you love college basketball and WNBA. That's <laughs> right. I don't know how you know. How'd you know about WNBA? Because I we've talked. I listen to you. Oh, you're right. So now it overlaps college football, college basketball, NFL. You, on a Saturday, UFC, you're throwing so much stuff in it. It's hard for the bookmaker to get everything right. So this is a very strange season. Though. College basketball, I can't even get a lineup on a game the night before like I always did for the last 25 years. Uh, because mm. of the COVID and stuff, you have to wait till day of game. Sometimes these aren't even announced you know, until the last seconds before tip-off. So, uh, But let's go back to the NFL. We're, we'll actually do a little bit less NFL betting, but I am betting some totals still, betting some teasers. And um, I, I really haven't circled anything in the NFL giant this week but I might have to go against the Eagles with teasing down Phil, um, Green Bay down to under the basic strategy from eight and a half down to the, uh, I guess, two and a half. Down to two and yeah, a half. Yeah, that was a six-point Yeah, you teaser. go through both key numbers. Shoes, yeah, the two and a half. I don't see another side right now. I know it looks like the Raiders should be the side uh, that, that could be teased down through the key numbers also. This game, I don't trust that much, though. I'm looking for – I just looked just now at South Point, uh, Westgate, and Circa. There's a bet, will the Jets win one game this season? By the way, you'd have to, to lay the yes was like 3-1 to one, that they will win one game. It's down to a minus $1.30 now. So it's almost a pick em that the Jets – so this, even though they're an eight-and-a-half-point underdog, um, this may be the kind of game that they can win after the Raiders just – totally laid an egg. Uh, That's, I was going to say, I don't know though. And, and here's why the, the Raiders are one of those classic NFL teams that goes from low to high and low to high. The other thing is, is the, the Raiders went to MetLife stadium last year against the jets in the midst of a three game winning streak and looked past the jets and had their most embarrassing loss of the season. And I, I think that there's something about that team kind of, like knowing that that just happened. Um, and also it's, uh, I have a hard time thinking the jets can like sustain anything. Uh, and you can guarantee Gruden went crazy after that game in the locker room. Crazy. You can guarantee it. So uh, yeah. you may have a point. You may have a point. This it's just, it, I, it's, I, I feel like the Jets need some team that's not thinking about them. You know what I mean? And the right. Raiders are going to be like 100% focused on that game. What a way to handicap too. It's fantastic to put that in any kind of a model. See, one thing about models, and we have models, they're computer-driven models. Without a doubt, you have to have the human element and the human side of things. There's certain things that you can't get out from a model, and that is one of them. You see, it's what can mentally can this team be looking past them uh, like the Raiders were last year versus the Jets? So that's a great point you bring up, Adam. Yeah, I'm looking at all the other games right now, and I'm, I'm, I'm really trying to see what pops off the most. And I think um, I'm really intrigued at this Rams-Cardinals game, that the Rams are favored by three in Arizona um, and I'm, I'm thinking, you know, this, it seems like a lot of recency bias because Kyler Murray had this like really rough game and it's, it's in new England, but I'm sitting here going, Bill Belichick does that to people. Bill Belichick can kind of really scheme it up. Now the Rams defense is really good. Uh, but three point favorite in Arizona, it seems like a lot to me. Um, 
Seattle favored by 10 against the Giants with Colt McCoy seems kind of tasty, uh, but the Seahawks defense is kind of like, I mean, who are you really worried about on the Giants? Uh, and then also New England being a point favorite with against the Chargers uh, is, is intriguing also. Um, and I also am looking at, this is just all me not having done really any research, but the Niners getting plus one, plus one and a half at home against Buffalo. Um, and Buffalo has not looked that great. Right. And, and the Niners to me for just always seem to be the most dangerous team all the time. So that could be the second leg of that teaser. Also, uh, I looked at it earlier. That could be the second leg of that teaser is taking San Fran through the key numbers. Uh, you have to do like a six and a half point teaser. So I see the lines and go of through the seven and a half. Yeah, you want to go yeah. Cause if you're getting San Francisco plus seven and a half, that's pretty sweet. Right. Right. Uh, let, let's go over a couple of those games. You just said, because there's only been two syndicate plays this week by the wise guys. Uh, one of which is the Chicago bears minus three over Detroit. I don't see that by the way. I'm not even messing. With I, I understand it from this perspective. I was reading about Detroit today. I think two of their best defensive linemen just went on IR. I will, I will double check that as you go to talk, right. but Detroit is, sh and Kenny Galladay is not playing right now. Uh, Detroit is showing all of the signs of a team packing it in. Yep. Uh, and so that's why I'm curious, but I'm going to look this sure. up. What else were you well, thinking about? The other about one you hit game? upon Arizona plus three. And I'm looking on my line screen right now. I'm seeing one, two, three, four, five, six. I'm seeing seven major sports books have went to two and a half or two and a half minus 15. Yet I'm seeing six of them still are three dog 15. Uh, and there's even one plus three minus 110. So that's quickly disappearing. Mm. But that Arizona is the wise guy side uh, of that game. And uh, I like to be on the wise guy side. Yeah, not last week, by the way. They've, and by the way, the syndicate that I'm talking about, the really good sports betting syndicate that actually has destroyed the sports books this year, betting NFL, which is very hard to do. Uh, last week was, they, they had one small losing week earlier in the season. But just like as any football season goes on and on, it gets tougher to win. They got destroyed last week. I think they went one mm. and seven on Sunday. So, um, wow. it's interesting. They only bet two games this week. It's almost like, let's not do that again. Uh, so as the season goes on, listen, uh, it's early, always earlier in the season. It's better, uh, for any sport. All right. I'm, I'm telling you right now, I'm going to make this one of my picks after reading up on it. Chicago minus three against Detroit. Danny Shelton is out. Uh, their big free agent acquisition on the defensive line. Uh, they lost corner Marcus Trufant or Desmond Trufant as well. And I forgot. There's one team that Mitchell Trubisky always plays well against, and it is the Detroit Lions. I'm going to look it up right now, wow. but I am almost positive that he has always played well uh, versus the Lions. They just fired their coach. It's Darren Bevel, and I am not the biggest fan of him ever, uh, but I'm going to – man – I wish there was an easier way to look. This, this is up. almost Hold a much win, a must win for Chicago too. Don't forget this team. Hell was, yeah! Were they five? Were they five and zero? I think they were five and zero at the beginning this year. Mitchell Trubisky against Detroit, Week One, two hundred and forty-two yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. They win the game by four. I'm just going to look at all of the years. I just know he always plays well against the Lions. Wow, and that was in Detroit, obviously. So that's that, that they won earlier in the season. Tough to beat a team twice throughout the year, though. But 
this situation, like I said, with the Bears, uh, you know, they, they, they are just playing really bad lately after starting out the season. I believe it was 5-0. and So uh, These are his stats. These are his stats before that game this year. In five career games against the Lions, Trubisky has completed 70% of his passes for 1,359 yards, 11 touchdowns, four interceptions, and a 106.3 passer ratings. In winning all three of his starts against the Lions in two seasons under Coach Nagy, Trubisky has completed 75% of his passes with nine touchdowns, one interception, and a 132 passer rating. Wow. As the rest of the world shits on Trubisky, this is the one team that he always plays well against. They lost two of their big free agents. They just fired their coach. I'm making it a pick. I'm taking the Bears minus three. I love that. It's such a controversial thing. All, all I'm looking at is people they just lost right, on Monday they're night. Looking how bad that Trubisky's getting, you know, ripped apart in the media. And here we're saying, I'm telling you, the syndicate's on it. And now you're on the game. Love it. This may be the game, Adam. I'm rooting for you. I like it. <laughs> I like it. I'm. Can I tell you that my Sundays have con- constituted with me waking up, going, Adam, don't bet any games today. And then I start talking to people. I start reading things. I start looking at injury reports. And I put action on the game. And it's, I understand why there's addicts. I get it. I really do. Oh, yeah. Has there ever been a Sunday in the last couple of years where you had no action? NFL? Oh, yeah. I've had a few. I've had like. During the NFL? Yeah. Wow. Good for you. Well, the the main reason is, is. my fantasy team is destroying right now. So I'm, I'm very much enthralled by that. I'm getting some form of action. That's gambling. That. That's gambling. I'll tell you right now. It is. That's gambling. So I understand you, you have other fantasy things going on. Let me ask you this. Here's the more important question. Is there ever a night that goes by like a Monday night football where you, where you don't have action? You're just watching to watch. Yes. Good. Yes. Wow. I can't say that. I am a wine people. drinking. I am a wine drinking, daddy cigar, uh, dinner making, Monday night football watcher. So, I really. Wow, you'll actually make the dinner for your fiance. You, they don't call me Chef Co for nothing. Wow, what a cool yeah. thing! That's that's really well, yeah, sexy. I kinda, <laughs> oh well, I will also say that uh, I think I got bamboozled very early on. She made a chicken and I was like, oh, this is great. And I haven't gotten any chicken since. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to make a shrimp fried rice tonight. Oh, cool. That's great. Wow. Yeah. wow. She has I've a, really learned. It. She is a lucky woman. Let me tell you. Damn right. <laughs> you know what, though? Uh, but at the same point, I'll come home and there will be like candles and stuff. And I'll be like, oh, I don't I would never think about getting candles for a room. Oh, That's a great wow. idea. So she handles that. And then I handle the cooking. Cool. Also, it's like the one place in my life where uh, I get um, I feel like somebody's in my space. Like if I'm cooking and stuff and then somebody comes in, I get like tense. I don't know what it is. <laughs> you got to get yeah. at it. And, and she's good with you about, this is a great topic for all men nationwide, worldwide. She's pretty good about letting you watch the games and Sunday it's your day and that's it. That, that's pretty good. That's the best thing about Instagram is that I can be watching the game and then she's on there doing who knows what, that's you great. know what I mean? Yeah. Gives both people yeah. something to do. All right. Frank Sinatra, sports betting, cooking. We covered everything. We have covered it, my friend. Crack, you are the man. Always check out the Crack Wins app. Follow Crack on social. Bill Krakenberger. Uh, he he lives it. Give him a follow. Crack, I appreciate you as always. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Have a great week. You too, brother. Good luck with everything. Thanks, pal. 
What a show, what a show, what a show. Thank you to Kay and thank you to Andrew Hawkins. Thank you to Crack for always dropping it. I mean, I feel like he could talk about anything. I really do. Yeah, I just want to hear a lot more about this shrimp fried rice, if we're being honest, though. A lot of the football stuff like faded out of my mind once he started saying that. What are your questions about the shrimp fried rice? What's going in there? How do we prepare it? Are you doing the classic like have day old rice? Because a lot of people oh, like yeah. to make fried rice with day old rice. What I do is I, I, we order Chinese food on Saturday night a lot. And we, we want to mm. get like, we love a good rib. You know, we have a, a, a few dishes that we like, but I always order extra white rice just to make fried rice during the week myself. This is my guy. Yeah. He knows it. Because also like they're going to use white rice that's like made for it. So what I do is, is you cook the shrimp ahead of time. I even, I'll do, um, I like to cook the eggs ahead of time too. And then I'll chop it up mm, myself. It's not my move. The reason is, is I'll usually mix the eggs in there and it kind of gets everywhere. I like chunks of eggs in my fried rice. Um, what I like to do is make a little well in the center I, of my pan. Sure. Yeah. So I, I, I do like the, the like little sort of like ribbons of eggs, they call yes. it rather than chunks. Uh, and so I, I like to really mix it. If I'm going to be honest, what I'll do is I'll take three eggs and I'll do two eggs first uh, to give me the chunks. And then I'll do one egg in the middle of the well so that it kind of uh, gives the rice that like uh, that texture to it. Uh, I chop up a thin carrot uh, I'll do a little bit of broccoli as well, and that'll get sure. in there. A uh, little, little, uh, little onion, all that stuff, and then um, the big thing is I use sesame oil. Okay. And then to mix it in, I throw in a little bit of soy sauce, a little bit of the red, uh, that really hot red gochujang. Yes, that stuff, uh, and a little bit of hoisin sauce. Absolutely. Uh, and then the, the big one is fish oil. So that's my flavor layer. My, my number one ad, if you're going to add anything, is uh, just buy a bag of frozen mango chunks. Throw that in your freezer. Anytime you make um, some fried rice, dice up some frozen mango or wow. some frozen pineapple, throw it in. I've oh heard pineapple. I like that. Okay. And that'll be the sweet element to, to counteract. Gotcha. From a nine to a 10, I promise. This podcast, I swear, it gives you everything you fucking need for the weekend. <laughs> you got fried rice. You can listen to some Robert Johnson. And now you know who to bet. Let's make our picks. Uh, I got shellacked on Thursday because, you know, we said, let's ride the under train. And uh, Deshaun Watson said, eh, go fuck yourself. Man. Yeah, Washington and the Texans both scored over 40 by themselves. So you were doing an under, under, under for the Thanksgiving Day games. Obviously, Raven Steelers went way under, but it was six days later. So I don't know how still counts. Still that. counts. Still counts. <laughs> still counts. Okay. What was your bet? The, uh, my bet was actually, as you know, I'm trying to lose every bet at like nine or 10 or 12 to one uh, over the course of the year. I'm still quote unquote undefeated. I had the Raven Steelers game will go to overtime, which I felt good about on Thanksgiving. And then once the Ravens didn't have anybody of their, their top yeah. personnel, I felt even better about it. I even wrote this on Twitter though, that I made this bet before the COVID news came out because just as a human being and bet wise karmically, I don't want to be profiting off of any COVID outbreaks. Like it's a very serious, serious thing. Yeah. And I want to believe that these teams are taking it as seriously as my family does. And so I don't want to be like, Oh, they have COVID. I'm going to put money on that. It's like, this was not that kind of bet. Let us do my bets. Uh, 
love bet first. You heard me passionately yelling. And when I passionately yell, I might as well do it. I'm going to make Chicago minus three losers of five in the row. Everybody writing off Trubisky. Uh, the gap in my mind between the bears and the lions is huge. And I, and I think it's because my pick to win the NFC North, the lions have been an utter disgrace. Uh, I'm going to take as my love Chicago minus three, uh, what line are you seeing for Arizona? I'm seeing plus three Arizona at home. I was talking about that. I have faith in Arizona turning this around. Uh, I know the Rams are coming off of a loss, but Arizona at home, uh, I, I, I think they can bounce back after that game. I do like the Cardinals there plus three as my like and my list. I am going to take, and this is a little bit... Uh, Weird. I'm going to take Texans Colts under 51. Uh, main reason there is uh, Colts have some uh, issues in their running backs. Um, it's an away game, and I feel like Phillip Rivers has done really well at home. And Houston just lost Will Fuller. And Houston splits with and without Will Fuller. It's like a different guy for Deshaun Watson. Uh, they also cut Kenny Stills. So it's Brandon Cooks. Kiki Kuti and nobody. And I think if Indy does in fact get DeForest Buckner back, that defense will be back where it should. And I, I think that um, the, the losses for the Texans, the defense getting back, and me just not having the most confidence in Indy being able to put up a lot of points, I'm going to take the under 51 in that game as my list. Uh, I like your picks. I just want to throw one little stat at you. The Bears are one in seven against the spread in their last eight games as a favorite. Mm. So they have not been taking care of business when they are favored. Can you uh, tell me what, what their one win was? Because it may have been week one against the Lions. That actually might be it. <laughs> I should take a look at yeah, that. Yeah, let's see. Is, um, I, is there a way to look up past lines? I feel like all these websites already de always delete them. I think they intentionally hide them. They do, right? I, well, yeah, because it's it's more information for you, for people to find. It's basically this is why guys like Warren Sharp are so. Oh, Lions opened up own... that game as a two and a half point favorite, and Chicago won by four in Week One. I found it on thelines.com. There you go. Uh, yeah, you know what? You know what I say to that? They're due. That's what betters say. They're due. It, absolutely, I like it. Uh, you will be tweeting out your bet on Sunday. Yeah, I get more fun opportunities for 9, 10, 11 to 1 semi-long shots. And let me say again to everybody out there in the LFGL, good luck in the playoffs this weekend. Don't forget, whoever wins the Super League, as our guy William Ezel will be tabulating all the points, will be coming on the podcast. The one thing we have not thought about yet, what happens if I win? That would be fucking insane. It's not going to happen. It means you, you get to go on all thousand podcasts that are hosted by the people that are in the LFGL. I don't like that. It would take about three weeks. It'll be great. You just knock them out. Like I have a lot of Chris DMs Collinsworth doing the voiceover. That, and I cannot. It's, it's a <laughs> lot. Uh, David, thank you very much. Uh, who do we have in here right now for production crew? Gabe, Mark, Jake, as always, crushing the edits. Eddie was in here earlier. He crushes the edits. Uh, Nick, Matt, everybody else, thank you so much for all of your hard work. Thanks again to Crack, Kay, and Andrew. Ingber, you are the man for David Ingber. If you want to find the best way to do something, don't ask the internet for help. Just put your opinion out there, and 11 strangers will materialize at a thin air to tell you why you're wrong. 
I watched the Pickle movie, The American Pickle on HBO Max with Seth Rogen. Simon Rich. Yeah. Simon Rich. Uh, the writer of the novella that it was based on, he ended up writing the screenplay for it as well. Gotcha. Genius. But it, he had the point where, where Seth Rogen looks at his great-great-grandfather and goes, I'm going to create a Twitter account. It's a great place where you can say the craziest things and everyone accepts it. Uh, no, that's I like that one a lot. I am the L-E-F-K-O-E man. We will holla, holla, holla at you later. Have a good weekend, everybody.